Hello, and welcome to the Moncast, where we try to settle the age-old debate, which is better, Pokemon or Digimon. As always, I'm Stevie, and this episode I'm joined by Mac. Hi everyone. Mac just sounds like a, a dog name or something. I have actually met a couple of dogs named Mac, so you're not wrong. I don't feel so bad now for saying that. No, it's fine. Come here, boy. Record a podcast with me, boy. Uh, I get so many nicknames, like, that's just the tip of my iceberg, really. What, Dog. Yeah. Is that a, a typical nickname for you, just dog? It's a typical Australian nickname, I think. How rude we are to each other. You can't get shorter than Mac, though, anyway. That's true. People always ask me if it's short for something, but it's not. But what could it possibly be short for? Macaroni. Exactly. Is your name Macaroni? I did try to trick someone into <laughs> thinking that once. <laughs> they didn't believe me, though. I did this whole side story about how I had Italian heritage, and my ancestors were the first people to come up with the pasta, and... Macaroni is a great name, though. It is a nice name. You get two nicknames. You get Mac and also Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie's pretty good as well. I'm quite happy with just Stevie, though, personally. Stevie or Stee. Yeah, I like Stee. They've both got a nice ring to them, yeah. So we'll just be like, and the Moncast hosted by M and S. No, wait, that's just M and S. <laughs> okay. The current score is 14.11 to Pokemon, and this time we'll be discussing the 26th episodes, United We Stand and A Shadow of a Drought. So let's start off with United We Stand. Here we go! First things first, I have to say that in the recap, Davis talks about Goldmon taking down the dam, and he refers to this as having bad attitude. Oh, that's so very Digimon. Davis has such low standards that potentially killing millions is bad attitude. He does that quite often, actually. He compares quite drastic things with things that are not nearly as bad. He's like, oh yeah, the Digimon Emperor enslaved the entire population. That's kind of lame. Oh man, I like make mistakes like that every week. <laughs> Not quite the same level, but bless his heart. He does try. He does try. He just fails. That's the only problem. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. But we start off with the Digi Kids fixing a Digi Bridge. I think this is like the fifth episode in a row where they've just been fixing the digital world. Yeah, I think all of the episodes in this mini arc are just them fixing stuff and then getting digivolutions. <laughs> Might as well be Bob the Builder or something. Oh man, Bob the Builder. Such a good show. Yeah, really good theme song. It did. Remember all the kids in pre-primary used to sing it. I don't think even Bob could fix this show though. No, there's <laughs> too many holes. He'd retire, hang up his hard hat. Could you imagine just, like, Bob, the anime director? That'd be an interesting side series. Yeah, he gets given this series and he goes home and cries each night. It just occurred to me as well that builders aren't known for fixing things, they're known for building things. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. The childhood show lied to me, but Bob, the handyman, doesn't have the same ring to it. No, it doesn't really. Bob, the white van man. Hmm. <laughs> So yeah, not much happens with the Digi Kids in the opening. They're kind of just doing work and Davis is bad at it, which is a given at this point. Yeah, they're just badly fixing the bridge, but they're almost done. They're almost done. They're on the edge of the bridge. Meanwhile, Ken is stood by a, a control spire, contemplating to himself like how someone could turn it into a Digimon. Yeah, he's very confused. Yeah, he's stuck. He doesn't understand the control spires anymore. So he's not a kid genius, apparently. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a carry-on from last episode in the fact that, like, his intellect was part of the 
Digimon Emperor Persona, it almost seems like. So now he's just a dumb kid. Yeah, just another dumb kid. Add another to the group. Soon he'll be on the same level as Davis, I'm sure. That's going to take some work. The conversation between Ken and Wormon is pretty good as always. Just Wormon being supportive. Ken kind of is really introspective and upset about how he used to be the Digimon Emperor. Wormon's a little sassy, but kind of takes some of the responsibility as well. <laughs> yeah, and Wormon's glad that the Digimon Emperor's gone and Ken's here now. Even if it means that Ken is, like, dumb. Yeah, he's a happy boy, and they're going to knock down all the towers together, even though they can't figure out how Digimon are being made from them. It's a noble quest. Yeah, good little redemption arc. <laughs> little bit. Little bit, yeah. It's a teensy bit of a redemption arc. And then we cut to another party, which is the creepy lady, which still has no name to my knowledge. Yeah, I don't think she's been called out as anyone yet. No, so she's just creepy lady. She's also a Scooby-Doo villain because she just calls them those meddling kids. Yeah, yeah, just this grown woman spying on kids from the bushes, shaking her fist angrily. So what she does is she takes one of her spirit needles because she had a split end anyway, so she might as well get rid of the hair. And she turns the nearby control spire into a Minotaurumon. And I only know Minotaurumon from this and Digimon World 2003, where they're in the ruins. I can't remember Minotaurmon from Digimon World 3. They're just like in Protocol Ruins and they're pretty cool. Okay, yeah. I remember it was in the really horrible Digimon O2 comic came out, which had like totally completely different stories. It was like this random villain that popped up when they all got sucked into other dimensions. It's this whole confusing thing. I remember, in, I think in one of those comics, there's one with Marine Devilman, which doesn't turn up. So, yeah, I think I know the comics you're on about. It's in, like, Jetix magazine or something. Or there's its own Digimon magazine. I think I got rid of those, like, years and years ago, sadly. I remember the art being really dodgy, and the colouring being off and stuff. <laughs> and they made them as cheaply as possible. It made it, like, all the way into Tamer stuff, which is pretty good. Anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> we don't review the comics, do we? <laughs> not yet. Oh no, not more specials. So Minotaurmon heads straight for the brand new bridge. I guess the brand new old bridge to destroy it. So we get a fast eject evolution from V-Man into Raidramon, which is pretty good. I like fast evolutions because they're faster. They take up less screen time. Which is good. Still annoying when there's like five of them, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, I think we've got a streak of them later in the episode. <laughs> like three or four or more, maybe. I think we have like five or six digivolutions overall. Yeah, there's a lot. It's a good job that's shortened down some of them at least. So, Raidramon starts attacking Mintaramon using his thunder attacks and all that jazz. It doesn't really do much because Davis is in charge. So, Yoli instead sends Aquilamon to try and handle it. And Aquilamon drops Minotaurmon from the sky, revealing that it's a control spire Digimon. It's a pretty funny scene, actually, because Yoli is complaining that Davis is going to mess things up again because the bridge is getting attacked. And then Aquilamon literally picks up Minotaurmon and then drops it on the bridge. Destroying the bridge again. <laughs> All at hard work for nothing. But thankfully, because it's not a real Digimon, they have no qualms over killing it now. Nope. Nope. They're just like, yay, it's a control spire. No, we don't have to hesitate. Yeah, control spire Digimon is such an interesting topic. Because is a control spire not made of data the same way a Digimon is made of data? Do the control spire Digimon have free will? Or do they have to follow Creepy Lady's orders? Is free will required to count as a Digimon? I don't know. I don't know either. There's a lot of Digimon that kind of just sit there and <laughs> do whatever their partners say. And they're the protagonists, so... Wait, are we saying now that the partner Digimon don't count as Digimon? <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily. I just don't know how much of free will they have in certain seasons. I mean, Vimon hasn't left Davis yet. It sounds like some sort of mind control to me. Wow. Imagine spending your whole life next to Davis. No thanks, I'd rather not. But yes, they do manage to take down Minotaurumon. 
and half the bridge with it. Davis starts crying over the bridge, and he says, I feel so violated, which is an interesting choice of words. Did the bridge mean that much to you, Davis? Really? <laughs> you spent maybe an afternoon on it. It was only a bridge, in the grand scale of all the things they've been fixing. So it's not too bad. I could understand if it was a tower of blocks, but a bridge? Poor TK. I wonder if he felt violated. Probably. By himself. It's a weird thing to say out of context. Moving on. Because of the like epidemic of controls by a Digimon, Davis brings up that they should get Ken on board again, because he'll know what to do about them. And Cody is still dead against this. And Yoli's just kind of sort of in between leaning towards Cody. Because Cody's usually right, she says. Everyone else is kind of umming and ahhing about it. But Davis is the only one who's like, yes, we need him. And TK's also against it. Just because he's like, hmm, nah, it's kind of evil, Davis. Maybe not. TK really doesn't like those evil things. Kind of bias. It's weird. It's almost like hope and darkness don't mix. Yeah, weird that. Strange. But yeah, Davis goes on to explain that the reason he wants Ken on board, because of the, the Digiag of Miracles, I think it was. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. The Digiag of Miracles sort of trusted Ken, and Wormon trusted Ken, and Davis just likes to give in to peer pressure, so he's also trusting Ken. Yeah, he kind of goes on a weird spiel about how no one will probably believe him, but if he was like the Digi-Egg and Ken's crest of kindness were kind of telling him to believe in Ken as well. And he makes a good point that he's got to have the crest of kindness for a reason. You generally have the crest that kind of means something towards your character. Unless they were made up for no reason, like the crest of kindness. <laughs> yeah, just chuck another one on the fire. Doesn't really matter. I don't know if it's ever explained in the show why or how it exists. Probably something to do with good old Rio. Maybe. Because there was only supposed to be eight Digidestined. Now there's just Ken with a crest. It's just so odd. Yeah, it was a weird addition. They could have given him a Digi-Egg or something. That would make more sense for the O2 kids. But they gave him a crest, so it's interesting. They gave him a Digi-Egg and a crest. Just like, stop hugging everything, Ken. Jesus. He is a bit of a special snowflake, though. In a good way. In a good way. But then he goes around wearing all grey like the blandest character. Oh, wait, no, that's Cody. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Ken and Cody are both lame. Oh, wait, no. Just Cody is. Just Cody. Oof. Maybe Cody's just jealous of Ken's great fashion sense. Their fashion sense is pretty similar, though. Plain, <laughs> one colour, kind of weird coat things. No, Cody's just jealous because Ken is taller. That's all it is. That's my theory now. Short man syndrome. So anyway, Izzy notices a weird signal coming from where Ken's base went down in one of the previous episodes, and he messages the O2 kids to go check it out. All this scene made me ask was, does Izzy just watch a computer screen 24-7, just in case something pings? It is Izzy, it's not like he has much of a social life. I could picture him just spending like all his free time in front of a computer screen with Oolong tea, just staring, just like, wait for it. Never blinking, just in case. It could ping any second. He just wants to be relevant. He's just there to rep the original kids. Essentially. So, they head over to investigate the signal, and meanwhile, Ken and Wormon are just walking through an area which is filled with dozens of control spires for no reason. Way too many. It's not efficient at all. Just the amount of control spires there is ridiculous. Yeah, I thought he was supposed to be a genius. Like, like you're supposed to have one in every area, not 25. The only way it makes sense is like, I don't know, is this where he made them in the first place before they got moved? That could explain it. No, I think it's just supposed to symbolise how badass Stingmon and Ken are at taking down inanimate control spires. But he's just there with Wormmon. They're not taking down these spires, they're all just lay about. I just assumed that we cut between them 
taking the spies down in between the introspective scene and now, but who knows? What, you think they spared us, like, 25 minutes of just Stingmon doing spinning, striking, strike? That's a good point. Digimon wouldn't do that. <laughs> They'd definitely include it. They'd dedicate a whole episode to it, just like, you'd have Ken and Wormon discussing it while every, like, few seconds you just get another spinning, striking, strike. I'd kind of be okay with that. Stingmon's voice is worth it. Like, does Ken then just go back to the real world? It, it kind of jumps around a lot. So we see Ken and Wormon walking through the control spires, and then it cuts back to Izzy again, and the O2 kids staring down his fallen base, which looks like it's about to explode. And Davis thinks about it, and he decides that the reason it's going to explode is because Ken's crest which was powering it beforehand, is now missing. So they need to get the crest from Ken. Was the Digi-Egg of Miracles not powering it? I think it was this weird thing where the crest became the Digi-Egg. So the crest was powering it, but then it became the Digi-Egg. <laughs> Maybe the crest again. I can't really remember. I think that the crest made the Digi-Egg, which powered the thing. No, that, but then how would Davis use the Digi-Egg if it's made from Ken's crest energy? Where did he get the Digi-Egg from then? I don't know where he got the Digi-Egg of Miracles from. It, it was just there. It was in the centre of a big room, and it looked like it was powering things. And then afterwards, the crest was just kind of in the sand. <laughs> I don't know if it was there beforehand. But they do mention that the crest was the thing powering the base, but I always thought it was the <laughs> Digi-Egg of Miracles, which Davis uses. It's very confusing. I think Davis just wanted an excuse to get Ken on board. <laughs> Let's go with that. It's either that or Davis is very stupid. It's just pick and choose. Either works. It doesn't really matter what was powering the base. What matters is that they need Ken. And they need him now. Because it's Ken's base and it's his job to clean it up. So we cut back to Ken again. There's a lot of cutting back to Ken. Ken's in his bedroom. He's not having a wank. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> Whenever someone's in any sort of bedroom with a laptop or computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such an easy joke to make. But yeah, Ken gets gets contacted by a webcam girl. Imagine how awkward it would be if he was having a wank. And that's when Ari Kenimon decides to appear in his group. Uh, didn't mean to interrupt. She just leaves. I'll call back later, okay? Although, she basically calls to try and mock Ken and distract him, so if his penis was on display, that'd be pretty easy to mock. <laughs> yeah, it probably would be. <laughs> Such a weird tangent. But you're right, yeah, Ari Kenimon kind of calls him up just to taunt him and kind of troll him a little bit. Meanwhile, Wormon is in the background telling him to hang up on the mysterious woman. Oh yeah, the, I don't know who Ari Kenimon is. Sorry. I made up that name. Are you Ken? I'm on. <laughs> Wormon tells him to, to hang up because she's a mean lady, which is really sweet. It's just an interesting reason to hang up, just because she's not very nice. She did just call up to basically call Ken an idiot and also take all the credit for everything the Juan Emperor did. She kind of taunts him by saying, it didn't have to be you. You were just any old kid that we could have picked off the street. You're not special, Ken. Yeah. It's kind of a good callback to uh, <laughs> the whole brother thing and Ken not thinking he's special. Basically trying to fill his brother's shoes. But then his brother wasn't special either, so. Obviously not. He didn't last very long. Oh, wow. All these special people get to live, okay? <laughs> In anime, yes. But Izzy tries to call Ken and gets through to Wormmon instead. And it's the best. I love this whole bit. Wormmon's just like, um, Ken is busy right now. Can I take a message? She's like, is this the operator? Wormmon's like, no, I'm a Digimon. I love Wormmon so much. He's definitely the best Digimon partner. <laughs> He's great. So much better than, like, every other partner. Except for Patamon, because Patamon's the best. That sound feels really biased. 
It's almost like Patamon is my personal favourite Digimon. Yeah, I mean, you're the host, so we'll go with it. <laughs> Wormon's the best not orange Digimon. Best insect Digimon. Let's go with that. Okay, but Stinkmon. Wormon and everything to do with Wormon. <laughs> Including Ken. Ken is the best insect Digimon. Yes, he's my favourite. And so Wormon passes on the message to Ken that his house is about to explode in the digital world. And Ken's like, oh no, I shouldn't have left the oven on. So yeah, Ken switches off from Webcam Girl and heads to the digital world. To check out his old crib. I've never watched Cribs. <laughs> now I'm just imagining like an episode where back what, when he's still the Digimon Emperor, Ken just takes everyone through his crib, which is just his evil base. And he's showing everyone like these big computers and his Chimeramon, but with like a super gangster voice. There must be tons of like Cribs parodies out there of fictional characters. There's gotta be. I'm sure there is. Something to Google later. Uh, before we get to Ken arriving in the digital world, I just want to say that like, I'm not too keen on the whole creepy lady taking responsibility away from Ken for everything. I kind of agree with you. Like, It kind of takes away from the whole Digimon Emperor. He was actually a bad person who didn't know what he was doing and he's trying to become a better person. If you kind of just put it all on some evil, mysterious lady, it was really all her fault. Ken did nothing wrong. He was a victim. It kind of ruins the whole redemption arc for me a little bit. Yeah, it just kind of like takes the responsibility away from him. So, I don't know, it just makes the whole feeling guilty thing not as, like, important, I guess. Because he was just the puppet. I suppose it makes it easier if, like, Davis found out. He couldn't just be like, it wasn't your fault, it was hers. I'm sure he'll say that at some point. Probably. But in the digital world now, Creepy Lady turns up again, and she makes her second Control Spire Digimon of the episode, which is an Okuamon, which is just bigger, greyer Koagamon. Essentially. And we know how Digimon protagonists go with Koagamons. Usually not very well. Not very well at all. No. <laughs> all of the armor Digimon and even Anjumon just lose. They can't do anything against it. Yeah. They go through the trouble of doing all of the Digivolution sequences, and then Every single Digimon gets one hit, except for Vemon, which stays as ex-Vemon. Wait. Okay, I'm done. No, I was just thinking, like, isn't an ex something from the past, so ex-Vemon? Does that mean he he used to be Vemon, and now he's no longer Vemon? <laughs> well, he's technically not Vemon any longer, because he is ex-Vemon. So it could be a name describing what he is. <laughs> I used to be Vemon, now I'm not Vemon. <laughs> Not Vemon. Such creative names. X-Vemon digivolves into not X-Vemon. <laughs> what, so X-X-Vemon? <laughs> X-X-Vemon. <laughs> Going down a dangerous path then, because then the Mega would be triple X-Vemon. <laughs> That'd be awesome. It just have like, shades and machine guns or something. <laughs> anyway, they do all get defeated by Akumamon. They do all digivolve as well, yeah. Uh, including Gatamon, who digivolves to the Fertimon, which always just makes me kind of sad. Yeah, it is a little bit sad. Why? Gatamon's a champion level. Why? Just find the ring already, goddammit. Yeah, it's such a weird... Like, I don't understand with O2 why they didn't just use Salomon. I give Salomon an armor. Did you fall for? <laughs> such a weird MacGuffin that Gatamon lost its tower ring. They wrote themselves into a corner where, like, Gatamon had naturally become a champion level and was, like, always at that power level. But they also want new Digivolutions for her. So they need to give her a reason to digivolve, so they have to make her weaker again to match up with everyone else. It's so dumb. Anyway, Ken turns up and says, It's hero time, Wormmon! <laughs> Isn't that Ben Ten's catchphrase? <laughs> it's Ben Ken. That was a good show back in the day. And uh, hero time starts. Wormmon becomes Stingmon again. 
we actually get the Digivolution sequence for the first time as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He usually just appears mysteriously and then beats the tar out of something and then disappears again. Interesting phrase. Beats the tar out of something. Is every villain a chain smoker in your mind? I mean, you could argue that the Control Spire Digimon kind of look like they're made out of tar. This is future editing Stevie here. I just wanted to say that in the very next episode, Hawkmon says that they're going to beat the tar out of Akumamon. So I'm 90% certain that Mac is actually the psychic. Just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> okay, back to the episode. So, Stingmon tries to take on Akumamon single-handedly, and Davis calls Ken out for being stupid. Ken and Stingmon think it's their responsibility, but Davis believes in the power of friendship. It brings up a good point that if Ken and Stingmon die... Who's going to be there to fix all the things they messed up in the first place? Yeah, both kind of are like, huh, I didn't think of that. It's really weird. You've got kind of two dialogues going on. You've got Davis and Ken and then this weird ex on Stingmon conversation where they're kind of just <laughs> repeating what their partners are saying. It's just the same sentiment from both of them. It's a weird sort of four-way conversation that doesn't quite work. Yeah, it's, it's pretty strange. It would have been better if they were just stuck to ex and Stingmon fighting and then... Ken and Davis having the heart to heart. I would have preferred that as well. But yeah, after the therapy session for Ken, they basically just start shouting at each other a lot. Just like, I don't know what to do. I think at one point Davis slaps Ken. Oh yeah. That was a bit uncalled for. It's like, okay. She's like, Jesus, Ken, stop trying to take responsibility, goddammit. But yeah, get a hold of yourself, son, shaking him. <laughs> oh, it's just very funny. Honestly, don't you hate it when the villains try and redeem themselves? It's just the worst. Ken has now been physically abused by two members of the good guy team. Honestly, Ken's had a rough day. He's been slapped by Davis and mocked by Creepy Lady. After this all comes to a boil, Ken's just like, oh, I don't have any friend. And then Davis goes, Ken, I'm your friend! Yeah, it's basically a rehash of the Beamon episode. <laughs> it's a better version of the Crest of Friendship episode. Or the, the Digi Egg of Friendship, I mean. And so through the power of friendship, uh, they gain a new CGI Digivolution. Ooh, CGI! It's so bad. It's okay. XVmon and Stigmon both fly across the screen in glorious 3D and merge together to become Pyildramon. I always thought it was Paildramon, but I guess it's Pyildramon. I kind of thought that as well. Like, just the way it's spelled, I think. Anyway, Pyildramon turns up and the episode leaves that as a cliffhanger. Just with Pyildramon flying in the sky. And who knows what will happen next time. I think that Pyildramon's going to dive bomb the base. Just kamikaze it. Then Ken and Davis will shake hands and go their separate ways. That's the end of the show. Yep, we did it. We saved the digital world. <laughs> Just forget about all the dangling plot threads that would leave. Oh, I mean, the one plot thread of Creepy Lady. Creepy Lady is menacing. Ooh, Creepy Menacing Lady. Were there any notes we forgot to mention? I mean, it was kind of cool to see DNA Digivolution... For the first time since, I guess, our war game. I forgot that our war game did it first. Yeah, good old Omnimon and his five million variants. This is the first time we've had DNA Digivolution in the main series, at least. Yeah, it's a pretty cool concept. I think it's good for character development. Or at least it has the potential for good character development. I think this one was kind of more just Davis reaching out to Ken more than Ken really doing that much. It felt kind of like a one-way street. He kind of just sat there and cried a lot, which is what Ken tends to do. I don't hate him for it, but yeah, it seems like Davis really kind of pushed the button on this. To be fair, he hasn't cried in like three episodes at least. He's been a bit mopey, 
but he's not great. I don't know. I guess, like, the Soul King was a little bit much. <laughs> he's so emo. He is. He's got the haircut and everything. He's archetype now. I was trying to think of, like, a way of thing emo into Itchy Joji, but no. Emo Joji doesn't really work. Yeah. It- itch emoji. <laughs> That's like an emoji of someone itching. <laughs> I know. So it doesn't work. Nope. Chemo definitely doesn't work. Yeah, that doesn't work. Oh, well. So, what was your favourite thing about the episode? I think my favourite thing, apart from Wormon being really cute and dumb, is, like, Davis was actually pretty good again this episode. He wasn't bad, and it kind of highlighted the good traits of his character, which doesn't happen very often. Usually, they're seen as bad traits, but... Compared with someone like Ken. It's a dynamic that kind of works, specifically with those two. So I think I really enjoyed that. Yeah, like the combination of quiet brooding type and loud obnoxious type. Definitely, it works for those two. Yeah, it does. It was a nice kind of like culmination of all the previous episodes in this kind of mini arc. And Davis's arguments with the rest of the group about Ken joining the team and everything like that. Kind of came to a point in this episode. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. I still don't know if Ken will come on board though. Like, next episode. Just, he must join the team soon. You'd think so. We shall see. But yeah. My favourite thing was where Munch answering Ken's phone. That conversation was, it was the best. To be fair, like, every conversation Wormon has is pretty good, partially just due to his voice. No, I'm a Digimon. So innocent. Oh, he's the best. He is quite good. No, he's the best. Okay, he's the best. Glad we tell that. Was this episode filler or not filler? Not filler. It kind of continued with Ken's character development, and there was a new Digivolution at the end. Yeah, both of those reasons. Just carrying on the plot thread. And overall thoughts... I enjoyed the episode. I think it took a little bit too long to get to the meaty part. There was a lot of just jumping back and forth a lot, and some of that stuff I think could have been cut out. But I do kind of like finding out Ken's reasoning for not wanting to join the team, and that he feels responsible and wants to clean up the mess himself and not get anyone else involved or get anyone else hurt. Because I think that's, in a way, it's kind of a relatable problem, not wanting to get people involved in your mess sort of thing, because you don't want them to worry or get too involved in get hurt themselves. Okay. I, th- I thought you were talking about, like, enslaving a whole other dimension um, and then not wanting to do that anymore. <laughs> it's pretty relatable. <laughs> it's happened to all of us. We've all had that teenage phase. Yeah, yeah. Just a part of puberty. Everyone goes through the Digimon Emperor phase. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It was a, just a solid episode all around. Um, I didn't mind the jumping around. It kind of kept it interesting. But the opening half, just with the bridge, was a bit fillery. Yeah, it didn't really need to happen. It kind of just made it so the second half repeated itself a little bit. But what can you do? They need to fill the 20 minutes, so. And they've already used six Digivolutions. <laughs> Sped up Digivolutions and also six of them. <laughs> bit all over the place there. With priorities. But yeah, I think that is enough Digimon. Shall we move on to the Pokemon? Let's do it. Next up, we have A Shadow of the Drought. Pokemon has taken a leaf out of Digimon's book because they're all walking through a desert for a change. Yes, they are. It's very hot and there's lots of dead plants around. So Misty has the bright idea to use Staryu to cool them all off. So she sends out Staryu and somehow Brock and herself instantly transform into their bathing suits and get sprayed with the water. I think you mean put on their bathing suits. Well, I mean, it just cuts straight to them being in their bathing suits. One minute they were walking, and the next minute they were there. There's a difference to putting on an outfit and becoming an outfit. <laughs> oh, they transform into their bathing suits. 
I meant Transformers in like almost like a magical girl transformation, but I can see why that would have been confusing. It's like, oh, Misty's a bikini now. Would have made for an interesting episode in terms of Pokemon film. Star you, what did you do? So anyway, Ash tries to copy them and he sends out Squirtle and for some reason Squirtle decides to water gun Ash into a rock and it's very funny. I guess Squirtle doesn't have the same finesse. Almost seems purposeful though. Like, he aimed to get Ash to hit that rock. But anyway, I'm not saying there's a secret Squirtle conspiracy, but... But there probably is. Probably. Honestly, the vast majority of Ash's Pokemon harm him. Such a good trainer. I love Ash. Best trainer. So, after Ash and Co's introductory bit, just to remind us that they exist. And we do cut to Team Rocket, who are up to their antics as well. But they have no water Pokemon, so they're just dehydrated and desperate for water. Because Meowth finishes off the last of theirs. Just takes the entire, like, bowl that they've got and drinks it all in one. Yeah, apparently they were supposed to portion it out between the three of them, but Meowth's portion was on the bottom. <laughs> Solid joke. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. So Meowth's bright idea to find water is to use some divining rods uh, to locate an underground spring. I assume it's like a, a Japanese thing. Does that work? <laughs> I have never tried it myself. I think there's some science behind it, though. I think it's legitimate. I need to Google this. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> There is no scientific evidence that it's any more effective than random chance. No. Team Rocket is using unscientific methods. I can't watch this show anymore. Sorry, Stevie. I'm going to have to end the episode here. No. I guess they just got lucky. Team Rocket gets lucky pretty often. I could believe it. They get unlucky pretty often as well. But the first place Beowth finds gets uh, Jesse and James. That's the names. That rhymes. Woo. Gets them to dig straight down. But they eventually just... Bottom out, and uh, they get too tired because of the heat. So, Meowth's solution is to summon a Diglett mech, which, now that I think about it, comes from straight underneath them. Yeah, it was already there. <laughs> I, yeah, that was a bit of a weird one. Like, I know they always have a go-to mech, but it was already underground. That was, yeah. Yeah, make Jesse and James dig for nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, they use this Diglett mech to dig straight down to try and find the spring. Or the, I don't know, fountain, whatever you want to call it. They go straight through the ceiling of the underground. I don't know what to call it. Spring, lake, river. I think they call it a slowpoke well. So, they fall down into this giant cavern, and it's got tons of water, and it's also got tons of slowpoke, <laughs> which is <laughs> great. They're all kind of just like maxing and relaxing, you know, this is their spot. Just having a chill afternoon. And they find a sign which says that there's a legend in this town that Slowpoke's yawns make it rain in times of drought. And they devise a scheme to capture all the Slowpoke and then sell them <laughs> back to the townspeople because there's a drought. It's a solid plan, except that everyone would know where they got the Slowpoke from. <laughs> I think they might get called out on having stolen Slowpoke. But still, it's a typical Team Rocket money-making scheme. Just steal the Pokemon, make some dough. That's how it goes. And it always works out. Yeah. Wait, no. <laughs> I do want to say there's like one line from Jesse when they crash in, where the delivery is just perfect. <laughs> She's just like, what happened? Why did we crash down? It's so good. I just love like the, the sort of the confused lack of enthusiasm for it. Why? Why did we crash down? It's like Tommy Wiseau possessed her for a second. Why, Meowth? Why? Oh, hi, Meowth. I did actually also guess that there was Slowpoke before it was revealed, just because of all the who's that Pokemon practice. Just like you get all the shots of the, the red eyes and the vague outlines first. I was just like, they look like Slowpoke. And lo and behold, it was. Such a good Pokemon. <laughs> I really like Slowpoke. 
currently we do have Ash and Co. finally arriving in Azalea Town. They're here! No, surely not. I didn't know it was in the middle of a desert. They've been walking through the forest for months. What the hell is in a desert? But yeah, they're finally in Azalea Town. And they head straight to the gym. Except it's closed. Yeah, Misty and Ash have a whole argument over whether going to find Kurt and giving him the GS ball, which is a plot that is apparently still relevant at this point, or going to the gym is more important. But because of the drought, the gym is closed. So really, solving the drought is more important. Yes. Not this this BS ball. Anyway, I hate Misty now. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I want Ash to progress, and then Misty's just like, No, Ash! Stop! We must deal with the side plot! That makes sense after all the episodes you've watched where gym battles are not happening. <laughs> There's so much filler, and then Misty's just like, Hey! Ash, how about we do more filler? <laughs> Why? This whole episode is just like a reason for Ash to not do the gym yet. <laughs> I bet next episode will have some nonsense about the GS ball as well. They're filling the whole episode so you can't do the gym. Or it'll be like, oh, you've got to wait two weeks while we get the gym up and running again. Oh, I'm laughing because <laughs> it'll probably be true. Probably. Ash manages to step on a slowpoke's tail, which is essentially a crime in this town yeah it is but for a change it's actually signposted usually there's no signposts like warning anything but there's clear don't harm or bother the slowpoke signs everywhere yeah usually officer jenny just pops out and arrests you but not this time this time an angry mob pops out of nowhere and starts to chase down ash and co for abusing the slowpoke on purpose 100 they they're pretty angry they're out for blood Surprised they don't have, like, straight-up pitchforks. But there is a, a great joke where it takes Slowpoke, like, ten seconds to react to being stood on. <laughs> so it's just, like, ten seconds later, he just sits up and grabs his tail. Like, oh, Slowpoke. That's a pretty good Slowpoke impression. It's not hard. You just have to sound like you're yawning. That is the whole idea, isn't it? But yeah, it's one of the things I love about Slowpoke. Just the delayed reactions. <laughs> But this mystery guy comes along to Ash and Co.'s rescue and provides them with slowpoke costumes. Oh yeah, the mystery guy himself is also in a slowpoke costume, I should say. Some creepy old dude in a slowpoke costume. Mm, some creepy old, old dude with multiple slowpoke costumes. <laughs> Why did he just have them on hand? That's my question. He just carries them around just in case. Just in case. It's weird though. Like, they're still they're way too large. But it, it works on like the... The Pokemon theory of if you have a disguise on, it will work, regardless of quality. They ran straight past Ash and his crew. <laughs> They're all just sat by a fountain, which has a slow poke on it, which was a nice touch. Nice little bit of like world building. Yeah, it makes sense for them to have slow poke themed things if they kind of consider them legends in a way. After Ash and Co have been saved, they leave Mystery Slowpoke Man behind to go and try and find Kurt. But Kurt is out at the moment. The only person there is his granddaughter, who I don't think has a name. Uh, not at this point. She's just Kurt's granddaughter. She's just a little girl. And she's invaluable because she just gives them tons of information about where Kurt is. Her job's basically to say, you've gone the wrong way. He's over there. Essentially. I have filled five minutes of this episode. You're welcome for adding a few minutes to the runtime. They really needed it. They need to fill as much time as possible. Meanwhile, a mystery slowpoke man has gone down into the the slowpoke well as well. Which is a coincidence, because Kurt's just head down there as well. It's so weird. It's strange that we don't see them meet up at all. Maybe Kurt's further down, who knows? Maybe Kurt is wearing a slowpoke costume, and is disguised, so that the guy in the slowpoke costume can't, like, distinguish him. So they're both in slowpoke costumes. 
Yeah, and they just assume that the other is a slowpoke, because all disguises are infallible. It's not a bad theory. It's a decent theory. But yeah, slowpoke guy comes down to find uh, Team Rocket and the Diglett mech, just chasing slowpoke around. Which is weird, because slowpoke are slow. How are they outrunning the Diglett mech? <laughs> it's a good question. You'd think they could just pick them up and <laughs> chuck them in, in the machine. <laughs> Diglett doesn't have arms. It has, like, drills for hands. It's just Digmon, basically, in mech form. But eventually, uh, Ash and Co. turn up as well, and they find that Slowpoke Man has hurt his ankle. Because I think Ash steps on it. No, he doesn't. Surely not. Did he actually stand on the Slowpoke Man? Yeah, he stood on Slowpoke Man's foot at one point. That's pretty funny. But I think Slowpoke Man was more hurt by the the ground just collapsing under him earlier, because his back's done in. Or maybe he's just old. He's just very old. Yeah. He probably shattered a few ribs or something. Oh, jeez. That'd be a good excuse to keep them in Azalea Town and not do the gym. We have to go visit Slowpoke Man in the hospital. He heals really slowly. <laughs> anyway, so Ash and Co, of course, want to stop Team Rocket from harassing all these, these Slowpoke. Immediately, I guess, Ash is going to tell Pikachu to use Thunderbolt. And five seconds later, Ash told Pikachu to use Thunderbolt. <laughs> He's so predictable. <laughs> Then he gets told not to use Thunderbolt because of all the water on the ground. He might accidentally zap all of the Slowpoke as well. So instead he sends out his number one Pokemon and fan favourite, Heracross. Yeah. Who instantly gets bodied by the Diglett machine. He does throw it up in the air, which is impressive. (laughs) It's impressive, but it doesn't really do anything other than throw them in the air. Then he gets one hit from memory. Yeah, like, Diglett somehow stabilizes in the air and then shoots, like, a a giant Meowth fist from the look of it, which is an interesting combination. (laughs) Yeah, it just, not even one, two punches, just one punches. One punch Diglett. I mean, he's kind of got the same appearance as that guy, right? Yeah, they're both bald, but that's about all they have in common. They both have two eyes. (laughs) Now I'm imagining, like, the Saitama body with just the Diglett for the head. Oh, yeah, Heracross goes kaput and just gets recalled. And um, I can't remember what what does he send out next? Does he send out anything next? Nothing. No, he doesn't. Team Rocket get a, get away, or at least we think they have at this point. And the rest of the Slowpoke that didn't get captured start leaving the Slowpoke well in a big group together. And they head outside. Very slowly. Very slowly. <laughs> Even though we know they can run now because they were chased by a Diglett mech. <laughs> <laughs> does that mean they had to like think about running like... Five minutes before Team Rocket started trying to capture them. Well, they all head up onto this, like, ridge outside. It looks like something from the Outback. It's probably more your expertise than mine. Can confirm. Looks semi-Outback-ish. Looks like Big Rock. We do have a Big Rock. It's it's one of our favourite sites here in Australia. So, you could call me a Big Rock expert. And yes, 100%, with my professional degree in Big Rocks, that is, in my opinion, a Big Rock. Thank you, that was a delightful insight. Anytime. This is why we get you on the show, because whenever big rocks come up, who else am I supposed to ask? No one else, no one else. So yeah, all the slowpoke on the big rock, the certified big rock, they all yawn, and this brings down the rain. All of this rain floods the underwater tunnels, including slowpoke well, and the tunnel that Team Rocket is digging through, and it shoots them up towards the surface, where Ash and Pikachu are waiting. To send the blasting off once again. <laughs> Using Thunder Attack. Which is great, because it definitely won't electrocute all the Slowpoke in the Diglett mech. <laughs> Only electrocute and blast off Team Rocket. And it won't damage the mech at all. <laughs> this all makes perfect logical sense. 
just after we said we didn't want to hurt the slowpoke, let's blast them anyway. Maybe they all were really hurt, but we just don't know because it's delayed effect again. <laughs> just like in 30 seconds, they're all just going to go and drop dead. <laughs> but yeah, using Thunder Attack on the mech makes zero sense because it only blasts off Team Rocket and no one else. Oh wait, no, I remember now. They're crawling out the bottom of the mech, aren't they? Oh, uh, does the mech break before they get electrocuted? Yeah, like I remember James and me also crawling out the bottom of the mech. The construction of that mech is weird. Like, <laughs> I guess the the cockpit is on top, slow poker in the middle, and there must be some connection. Do they crawl through the slow poke to escape? They'd have to, right? I think they come out from the same spot that the slow poke do. Yeah. <laughs> That's a funny mental <laughs> It's still weird. Like, Pikachu should not thunder attack the mech, regardless. But yes, the rain comes down. Everything is happy now. There's no more drought. My favourite guy in the town that celebrates is just one guy that goes, this is great. I had some really weird reactions to the drought being over, (laughs) considering it had such an impact on all of their lives. They're like, huh, this is a very good turn of events. I had to listen twice because the first time I thought he said, this is rain. That would have been better. (laughs) Just stating the obvious. But no, it's just several people celebrating, and then that one guy who's the best is going, this is great. So we get the the chill, happy ending music playing, and Ash and Co. and Mystery Slowpoke Man head back into town. And it is revealed, and you're not going to believe this, that Kurt likes to dress as a Slowpoke in his spare time, just like Slowpoke Mystery Man. I don't know where Slowpoke Mystery Man went, but Kurt arrived. <laughs> He's off to save some more Slowpoke in need somewhere. And also Kurt is here. Yeah, Kurt's here now. Wait, maybe Kurt murdered Slowpoke Mystery Man and replaced him. Took his Slowpoke costume. (laughs) Well, yeah, it could have happened while they were both in Slowpoke World. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Kurt is like, he's a smart guy. Maybe he could see through the... No, he can't see through costumes, surely. That goes against the laws of Pokemon. Could Kurt have actually been Slowpoke Mystery Man all along? No, that's too far-fetched. No, far-fetched is a duck. (laughs) He's not in this episode. (laughs) Maybe Farfetch'd was the slowpoke. I mean, if we go by the rule of costumes, it could have been. Farfetch'd is in a Kurt costume. Farfetch'd is in a Kurt costume inside of a slowpoke costume. <laughs> because he's sick of being forgotten about. Oh, so if, if next episode we see a single stick of celery in Kurt's house, theory confirmed. I know it's a leak, isn't it? You look close enough. We've already seen plenty of leaks in slowpoke well. Oh, water jokes. <laughs> I thought you were making, like, water gun noises. I can, I can try. No, that that sounded like a sprinkler. (laughs) Close enough. It's the best I can do. It's pretty solid. It's better than mine, it's just like... Okay, is there anything we missed? No, it's a really weird episode, though. (laughs) But I don't think we missed anything, that was it. Oh, there's one thing I wanted to check. Um, Was it Team Rocket that told Ash to not hurt the Pokemon? Oh, actually, I think it might have been. I think it... Might have been James. Yeah. Like, I could swear, like, basically the bad guys have to stop Ash from hurting everyone. <laughs> because Ash is just that incompetent as a, a good guy. I mean, they kind of do it in a evilish sort of way. Because, like, hee hee hee, if you attack us, all the slowpoke will get zapped. But do they really care? Like, just take them to the Pokemon Center. Mm. Yeah, they might get knocked out at worst. But they are weak to electric types. So, although you might just get them to the Pokemon Center before they feel it anyway. <laughs> they don't even know they're hurt. Would the Pokemon Center still operate under the, the drought? I don't know if it said it was closed. I don't think it said the Pokemon Center was closed, but you'd think it would have to. 
But who knows? Maybe not. Who knows? But I hope the gym's open next episode. I don't know why, but I feel like you're going to be disappointed considering there's still the whole GS ball that didn't get covered in this episode. Okay. What was your favorite thing? My favorite part of the episode was the angry mole. <laughs> they all kind of popped out of nowhere the moment Ash stepped on Slowpoke. And then they instantly accused him of physically abusing the Slowpoke on purpose, like he's the worst person in the world. And then they try to hunt him and his friends down. They don't even try to understand the situation. They're just that big of, like, a fanboy club for Slowpoke. The whole town is just a fanboy club for Slowpoke. Yeah, it was so weird. Like, there was Slowpoke everywhere, literally doing whatever they wanted. I just can't imagine writing this episode, like, okay, we need a Slowpoke episode. So Ash steps on a Slowpoke, then Angry Mob chases them, which causes him to run into a man wearing a Slowpoke costume, which gives them costumes. Damn, <laughs> some really creative people. I think whoever wrote this episode really liked Slowpoke. I don't blame him. Slowpoke is good. There were so many. Usually the Pokemon of the episode, there's maybe one or two of them. We had like hundreds. That's the way it should be. So the audience doesn't forget who the Pokemon of the episode is. They weren't even that important. They were just a MacGuffin at the end. Uh, that was kind of why I like this episode. It just makes no sense. The Slowpoke were basically just there, and then at the end, they yawned and it rained to save the day. I think I'll go into that a bit later. <laughs> so much focus on a Pokemon that does so little. This defining characteristic is being slow. My favourite thing was just when I predicted that Ash was going to tell Pikachu to use Thunderbolt. It's just so predictable at this point. It's just like, Pikachu, use Thunderbolt! Oh wait, no. I'll have to use someone else Pikachu, sorry. Could have used one of these grass types, but oh well. It's a mech. It doesn't have type advantages, really. That's true. I mean, if it did, it would have been resistant to the Thunderbolt, wasn't it? <laughs> I got confused for a second there. I was like, he's attacking Slowpoke. <laughs> but he wasn't attacking Slowpoke, so he was attacking the mech. <laughs> if he was attacking the Slowpoke, then Slowpoke Mystery Man should have run scared. <laughs> Imagine the amount of XP he could have got with a Thunderbolt that hit all of them, though. That would have been mad. <laughs> Just Pikachu somehow evolves without a Thunderstone. <laughs> Was this episode filler or not filler? This is a really tough question. I guess it's not filler because it kind of continues the Professor Oak's GS ball plot and they get to Azalea Town and meet the guy they're supposed to meet. But it really does feel like just a filler episode. Yeah, I don't know how important the GS ball plotline is. I suppose since it is something that's carried over from previous episodes, you could count it as more of a plot arc and therefore not filler. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I was leaning towards, but it's only, yeah, it's only just not filler. Because of the GS Ball stuff. Like, it was basically just a filler episode which brought up the GS Ball and the character to do with it. Yeah, introduced the character, but otherwise it was all filler. Yeah. I can't remember if I've marked, like, GS Ball episodes as filler before or not. I don't think there's been any actual progress with the GS ball since he received it. No, I think he did an episode where there was Quagsire. That still counts as filler. So maybe this is still counted as filler, I'm not sure. I, I think we can we can call this one not filler, just about. We'll be nice. Be nice to Slowpoke Man. Mystery Slowpoke Man. May or may not be Kurt, depending on whether he was murdered in the Slowpoke well. So Kurt may or may not be a murderer. We never see Mystery Slowpoke Man and Kurt in the same room. It's a very valid point. They say seeing is believing. Not seeing is believing as well. <laughs> anyway, overall thoughts. It was a really goofy episode, but I kind of liked it. It, it was essentially a filler episode, like take Kurt out of it and that's what it was. But it was a fun one. It might just be because I, I like Slowpoke a lot. 
I enjoyed it as well. It was a decent episode. Team Rocket were, were great as always, and Slowpoke is just a decent Pokemon, really. It's really quirky. And it's just kind of funny. There aren't many Pokemon like him. There's nothing quite as slow as a Slowpoke. How long did it take you to think of that? There was a bit of a pause there, wasn't there? There was a long pause before you replied to that as well. Let's say it's the internet connection and not me thinking of terrible jokes. I think we're ready to go on to Mono A Mono. Let's do it. Now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we desperately attempt to try and compare these episodes. So, who was your monster of the week? So, Biogemon was pretty cool, and Wormon was really funny, but uh, I still have to go with Slowpoke. <laughs> We've talked about it before, but it's just such a unique Pokemon, and it does nothing, but it does everything in this episode. It gets stepped on, and then it gets captured, and then suddenly it makes rainfall and saves the day. And the entire time, it shows little to no emotion, <laughs> just staring off in the distance. I feel like I can kind of relate to getting dopey like that sometimes if I'm really tired. So it's super relatable. So yeah, I'll go with Slowpoke for this one, I think. I'm looking up now if Slowpoke can learn Rain Dance. Surely it can. Yep, Slowpoke can learn Rain Dance. These Slowpoke are so lazy, they just yawn instead. <laughs> it does the same thing. It would almost be funnier if they couldn't learn Rain Dance. So it's just an unexplained phenomenon. It's happened twice in the town's history. Yeah, I think the last one was 400 years ago or something, according to the episode. But it's interesting that they use one move and it has different moves effects. Yeah, because Yawn is a move in itself, so it is interesting. Imagine if they yawned and it actually just put everyone to sleep. Until it rained, and the rain woke everyone up. Maybe that's what happened. Like, everyone was asleep until the exact moment where it started raining and then they woke up. Yeah. Like, it could have been several hundred years and they'd just been asleep. Man, the conspiracies for this Slowpoke episode are out of control and very unexpected. <laughs> when nothing happens in an episode, you have to make your own entertainment, okay? I think hundreds of years is far-fetched. Maybe a, a couple decades tops. No one in this show ages anyway, so you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. True. Although that would be a, a pretty dark side of Pokemon if like they woke up but it was decades later. Then it's just like Ash, your mum died twenty years ago. <laughs> then Ash is just like, But Professor Oak, how are you still alive? Because I'm just a figment of your imagination, Ash. What? No. What's this Pokedex? That's just a cell phone, you fool. <laughs> it's like live action as well. <laughs> just wakes up in live action land. So many conspiracy theories. My monster of the week, I'm just going to pick like Wormmon slash Stingmon again. The voice acting is the best and the lines are the best. Does that make three episodes in a row now? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't keep count of the, the monsters of the weeks. Still a fair choice. Wormmon's always good. Yeah, exactly. He's always good. And he will be the best telephone operator. <laughs> that should be your answering machine. <laughs> so, who was worse, Ash or Davis? I don't think either of them were really that bad in these episodes. I mean, Ash hmm. did step on a slowpoke, though, which is unforgivable. And Davis was actually kind of good in some respects. So, I'm going to say Ash was worse. Yeah, like, neither of them was bad, really. But Ash almost electrocuted all the slowpoke. That's true. And then got Heracross knocked out by a mech, and also, yeah, abused the local wildlife. And he didn't even apologise for her. He was just like, oh, I, I didn't mean to, guys. Lol, JK. Another conspiracy theory. Ash did mean to step on Slowpoke. He has some pent-up aggressions. He's just inconsiderate sometimes. Which storyline do we prefer, and why? As funny as the Slowpoke episode was, it's gonna have to be the Digimon episode. <laughs> just because it feels like we're finally getting to the point of this mini-arc and what it's kind of leading towards. Yeah, like, Digimon's not a filler episode in quite a while now. Like, 
10 episodes, no, 11 episodes in a row where I've not had a Digimon filler episode listed. That's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, it's solid going. And yeah, it's, it's still proving entertaining with Ken and his character development. Ken is carrying the show. <laughs> Basically, like, if Ken didn't stop being the Digimon Emperor, the show would fail. It would never win anything. <laughs> yeah, like, Digimon just felt like there was a few minutes of maybe filler stuff in there, but Pokemon was like 90% just meaningless filler stuff going on. There was a lot of it. There's just a lot more weight to Digimon. A lot more emotional weight as well. Like, Pokemon's good because you can kind of just relax with it and just enjoy it for what it is, but Digimon at least tries to kind of have that at least slightly emotional impact with its characters. Pokemon just can't have a running arc, really. The closest we've had is the the gym leaders and the GS ball. It's taken 26 episodes to bring up the GS ball again and actually have some sort of development with it. We've not even done the second gym yet, and it's been 26 episodes. (laughs) It's really bad. I was trying to think of which gym that was as well, but it's the second, so that's, yeah... It's horrible. It took 15 episodes to reach the first gym. Ah, Pokemon. But hey, at least Ash caught some Pokemon, like Heracross and Cyndaquil. I think that's it. Oh, and Chikorita. That's it. He's had three. <laughs> I'm just looking like through all the, the not-filler episodes of Pokemon. So far, we've got the first one, because it just bait starts the league. We've got Catching Heracross. We've then got Catching Chikorita. Next, it is Gym Battle, so the first gym. Then you have... Getting rid of Charizard, then catching Cyndaquil, and last you have this episode with finding Kurt to do something with the GS ball. That's really bad, right? 7 out of 26. And most of those have just been, oh, I caught a Pokemon, or oh, I got rid of a Pokemon, or even just, oh, I'm in Johto now. (laughs) This is one of the advantages Digimon has is it can have an arc, whereas Pokemon is just constantly moving on, not really establishing any narrative or ongoing plot thread that, that's a good thing about digimon like you say like they can at least attempt character development and stuff when they want to because the story is progressing with the characters whereas in ash's case you can't really progress or get better as a character in a random filler episode like the slowpoke episode isn't going to do anything to make him a better trainer he knows not to step on slowpoke now it's true angry mobs are everywhere the problem with pokemon is that there's just so much of it that they can't actually do anything because people just need to be able to dip in whenever even if they miss episodes yeah it's done on purpose like you say because it's such a worldwide phenomenon and they want to make it easily accessible to people that you can't have a ton of plot because then when a kid turns on Saturday morning cartoons and doesn't understand what's happening, they won't watch it. So yeah, we preferred Digimon this time. That's what we were talking about. But were there any notable similarities between the, the episodes? I've um got two. So the first is that Davis and Ash both get wet this episode. Davis gets splashed in <laughs> under the bridge and Ash gets splashed by Squirtle. And the second one I had, Davis and Ash both physically abuse something or someone in these episodes. Ash abuses Slowpoke and Davis abuses Ken. <laughs> and they're my two similarities. Good similarities. Yeah, solid point. Both Ash and Davis hurt people. It's different though, like Ash did it accidentally, whereas Davis was quite intentional. That's a good point. But based on our conspiracy theory, Ash did it on purpose as well. Ah, uh, true. Because he's just a nasty little boy. Wait, what? It's not that bad. No, he's not that bad. He tried. Much like Davis. There we go. Both Ash and Davis try, but just don't always succeed. Well, Ash tends to. Ash does tend to succeed somehow. Damn what? Yeah, emphasis on dumb. The similarities I've just got, it was kind of a desert setting-ish, maybe? There was sand? Dry settings. Dry settings, that works. 
Except one was flooded at the end. <laughs> so the other ones I've got is that people with hidden identities in both. Uh, we don't know who the creepy lady is. And we have no idea who the Slowpoke Mystery Man was. I didn't think of that one. Yeah, that, that's a good one. The last one I've got is that in both of these you have the leader wanting to do something. And the rest of the group just disagreeing with them and arguing. Saying like, no, we should do something else. So Ash with the gym and Davis with getting Ken to join the team. Both of them... A kind of like point point, I guess. Like Ash cannot progress with the league until he does the gym, and Davis just won't give up until Ken joins the team. And that's pretty much all I've got. I can't think of any others. There's nothing that slow in Digimon. No, n- not really. Apart from Davis's brain, there's neither here nor there. Were there any notable differences we want to mention? The only one I had is that Davis and Ken get some character development, while Ash and Co do not. Well, Ash and Co might as well have just left <laughs> Pallet Town. Yes, they're the same. And always will be. It's not Ko's fault, it's Ash's fault. Ko's just along for the ride. Do you reckon if Ko, like, left Ash, they would instantly gain all the, the years they spent travelling with him in age? Like he's some sort of, like, taboo demon giving them the power of youth, and that's why they hang out with him? It would explain a lot. I don't know why else you would follow this kid around. Maybe seeing Ho gave Ash the power of immortality, or eternal youth. Being in proximity passes that on. At the cost... Of not being able to make long-term memories. That's the the downside to your eternal youth. I mean, th- there's a bit of water to that theory, because ho is kind of based on a phoenix, right? Phoenixes are all about revival and rebirth and stuff, so interesting. Anyway, differences. There was no new Pokemon in Digimon. No new Pokemon in Digimon. Yep, and there were no new Digimon in Pokemon either. Ah, I didn't catch that. Is that a similarity? I don't know. What I meant to say was there's no new monsters in Pokemon because we've had like Slowpoke and Slowbro and that type of thing before. But Digimon, we got Pyeldramon thrown in the mix. Yep, and I'm not sure whether we've seen Okuomon before, right? No, I don't think we've seen any of the, the Spire Digimon before so far. They've all been new Digimon to the series, and they all get instantly killed. The only other thing I've got is that while Digimon is like progressing and actually, you know, having a plot. Pokemon actively avoids plot progression <laughs> and has Misty discourage it. Yeah, it's pretty bad when one of your characters purposely says no. <laughs> Just because you want to get a few more episodes out of the show. Brock's been guilty of it as well, usually because there's a woman involved. So I won't hold it against Misty. It's not Ko's fault. So which episode deserves the point and why? It's definitely the Digimon episode. <laughs> it was kind of more engaging and watching this kind of episode makes me want to see the characters improve and get better and mature a bit. And it kind of goes back to the same point we've made a couple of times now about Pokemon just never progresses. And that's kind of a downside, especially when Digimon's so plot heavy at the moment in these last couple episodes. Yeah, it has its pros and cons. It's like Pokemon is so much better for just dipping into, whereas... I'm sure, as a co-host, you've just sort of seen the odd episode of Digimon lately. I might have missed a few things. The recaps are not comprehensive. It's always just, like, the previous episode and nothing else. So, but yeah, I do agree that Digimon deserved the point. I did enjoy Pokemon, but it wasn't as good. Yeah, Pokemon was fun. And I think Pokemon is usually pretty fun, but just not enough substance. And Digimon had its fun parts as well. Mainly Wormmon. <laughs> Digimon gets its fun part from its joke writing stuff, which are always putting puns and stuff in there. And just funny little bits. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But the jokes were pretty decent this time. It's best when you have a good balance of actual plot and jokes, so that the jokes don't just like chew into and subtract from it. And I think Digimon got the balance right. So if we give Digimon the point, that makes the score 14, 12, 
two Pokemon still. Ooh, Digimon's catching up a little bit. Yeah, Digimon has won two episodes in a row. Is that a record for Digimon? No, its record is three, whereas Pokemon's record is six episodes in a row. Yeah, it, it might meet its streak, though. Depends on whether they decide to go down the GS ball or gym route next episode for Pokemon. That will decide how disappointed I am. I think we are ready to finish up. Next time, we'll be discussing the 27th episodes, Fusion Confusion and Going Apricorn, that well-known phrase. <laughs> but before that, you can get in touch by tweeting at us, emailing us, or jumping in our Discord. Uh, we do love to hear from you. And of course, a massive thank you to my lovely co-host, Mac, for joining me. Where can the people find you? Thank you for having me. I finally made a Twitter account, so you can now find me on Twitter at OrdinaryPunk. At OrdinaryPunk. So I'll link that in the show notes, so all the links will be in there including the Moncast Patreon. A big thank you to every one of our patrons, including Cheesei236, James B, John C, Nicholas, and Irving G for supporting the show. It does mean a massive deal. If you want to join these lovely people and receive rewards such as your name in the outro, uncut versions of the episodes, and more, please consider pledging yourself. Or if you really want to help the show, just share this episode on your social media um, or leave an iTunes review. It really is just the best way to help the podcast grow. So thanks for listening. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye. Bob the Builder, can we fix it? Bob the Builder, yes we can. I liked the Ben 10 video games as well. Never played any. I should. I recommend <laughs> uh, either Protector of Earth or Vilgax Attacks. Okay, yeah, I like I'll have to check both. it out this weekend. Not on the handheld, so get the uh, PlayStation versions if you can. Yep, yep. Or maybe, like, the PSP versions, probably fine. Yeah, I've got a PlayStation in the cupboard somewhere, a PSP. Cool, cool. Yeah, Vilgax Attacks was great, because you actually got, like, ten aliens to play us. Oh, that's pretty cool, then. Uh, Protector of Earth was great, because you unlocked Master Control and could switch between the aliens at will at uh, the end. Oh, yep, yep. The voice command mode, or whatever they call it in the show. Yeah, it's like you never needed to become... Ben again and it never timed out. It's really that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's an that's how you do a completion bonus. <laughs> uh, so next time on the Ben Ten podcast. <laughs> I think I was gonna swear and then I stopped myself. <laughs> I sense the things anyway, so it's fine. Okay. <laughs> Guess what I don't censor? Penis, because it's a biological term. Penis, 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 penis. Penis. <laughs> penis. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's what I say when I usually see a penis. Just, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty natural reaction to have, I think. Yeah. Zoo Especially when it's an unexpected penis. <laughs> um, so next time on the penis cast... <laughs> 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 so many new shows. I know. How will I ever fit them all in? <laughs> Just like my penis. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> okay. Makes you think it's Powdramon, but Pi Eel Dramon. Yeah. Ill Pi Dramon. Ill Pi Dramon. Hmm. A sick pastry. Dragonmon. <laughs> or is it a um, dragon Digimon that got sick from a pastry? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Just food poisoning dragon Digimon. <laughs> It'll exist at some point. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Just attacks you with like bad Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> uh.